I'm VJ Hamilton and welcome to the Autoimmune Reset, the place for you to learn how to thrive with autoimmune disease and feel empowered to take steps to transform your health to feel better than ever. You can start making changes today to improve your health. So with every episode, my mission is to share with you simple ways to up-level your diet and lifestyle with key learnings from my own journey reversing autoimmune disease and inspirational stories from those who have reset their autoimmune symptoms and are now thriving in life. I suffered from autoimmune disease for over 25 years and now I live symptom-free and I wish the same for you as well. So thank you for being here and sharing this time with me. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome. Today we're going to be speaking about food sensitivities and in particular food sensitivity testing because if you're not part of my community, the autoimmunity community on Facebook, you won't know that this year I have decided to go through all the functional testing that I did when I first started out on my health journey, which was 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, I started training to become a nutritionist. And that's when I started to do these functional tests on myself and discovered functional medicine and managed to reverse all my symptoms of autoimmune disease and have been symptom free now for eight years. So it took me about two years to really uh, rebuild my health from scratch and build really solid foundation and I certainly saw improvements pretty quickly. After two years I just didn't have any of the symptoms anymore and I really owe it to finding out what the root cause of my my conditions were rather than just doing a lot of trial and error and trying lots of different things without really knowing why I was doing it. And the first test that I did was a food sensitivity test because I was finding that I was eating certain foods and I felt like I was reacting to them. I would get a lot of stomach pain after having quinoa. And I was diagnosed with a milk allergy when I was first born, which I'm not sure was probably the right diagnosis at the time, but it certainly helped me in the short term to recover when I was a baby. I always knew that there was that association between food and symptoms, which is why I started with a food sensitivity test. And when I'm working with clients, sometimes we will do a food sensitivity test in the first instance, or we might jump straight to a stool test. Um, But I do work a lot with clients on food sensitivities, and I get a great response when clients do the food sensitivity test and remove those foods. I mean, there's more work to do after that and they see really great results. But let's talk first about the difference between a food sensitivity, a food intolerance and a food allergy because it's easy to get mixed up between these different reactions to food. Now, a food allergy is much more serious, I would say, because it can cause an anaphylactic reaction or anaphylactic shock. And that can cause breathing difficulties. And really, it is worth knowing if you have an allergy to a certain food so you can avoid it completely. And an allergy is an IgE-mediated response, which means that you release a lot of histamine. And an allergic reaction may involve things like hives, swelling, itching, as I said, trouble breathing, 
feeding and wheezing. Now a food intolerance is quite different in the sense that a food intolerance, I hear people say food intolerance when they mean food sensitivity and actually I've seen some tests called food intolerance uh, tests when they're really food sensitivity tests because a food intolerance is when you are lacking certain enzymes for example you might be lacking lactase which means that you can't break down the molecule lactose which is found in milk and that is a food intolerance so you can't break down the food and it's normally to do with digestive function rather than immune mediated response and as I said a really good example of that is a food intolerance to lactose which means that you don't have the enzyme lactase to really break down that molecule and that can cause really that can end up causing inflammation in the gut as well but it's through a slightly different mechanism and then we have a food sensitivity and the reason that it is quite hard to see a link between a food sensitivity and a certain food is because unlike an allergy which will ha- can happen minutes or you know at the most hours after e- after consuming a food a sensitivity can take a bit longer so it can be hours after eating it can sometimes be days after eating and it doesn't always relate to your digestive function it can show up in different ways you may get headaches you may find that you get skin rashes you might find that you have joint pain or fatigue so there's lots of different ways that you can respond to a food sensitivity and a food sensitivity is ordinarily IgE mediated response, so an IgE antibody. Um, But some of the food sensitivity tests also test for IgA, which is the antibody in the mucous membrane. And you may see that come up in a stool test and it is really important because it's telling you what is going on at the barrier function in the digestive system. As I mentioned, with a food sensitivity, there are lots of different symptoms and I went through a few of those already. But some of the other symptoms, you may find that you have acne. I developed acne when I went traveling and I was drinking a yogurt filled smoothie every day. It could have been other things that caused the acne, but I always think about that huge (laughs) yogurt filled smoothie that I had each and every day. And I wonder if there was a food sensitivity there just on the amount that I was consuming of dairy that triggered the acne. It can also, you can find that you have a lot of congestion, so sinus issues. I know when I am having a sensitivity to a certain food, for example, chili, straight away my sinuses get blocked. It's it's almost instantaneous really. So it may be that there's a slight allergy there as well, but I just know to avoid it. And I know that I do get a lot of sinus issues when I have things that I have a sensitivity to. And then you also have the digestive issues. It may be constipation, loose stools, diarrhea, heartburn, any kind of pain, gas or bloating that can relate to a food sensitivity. You may find that you get fatigued. I know when I was getting a lot of food sensitivities, I would eat some food and then it wouldn't be just to do with blood sugar dysregulation, but I would really feel like I was going to crash out after eating certain foods, maybe say half an hour to an hour after eating it. So that can be a sign of blood sugar dysregulation, but it can also be a sign 
of a food sensitivity. And then also joint pain and inflammation, skin rashes, eczema, these can all relate to food sensitivities. So you can see why people miss them because there are so many different symptoms that can happen from a food sensitivity. And there are a lot of other factors at play of how you are going to respond to a food sensitivity. Because it could be that you're genetically susceptible to certain conditions. It might be the environment that you live in or the environment that your body is in. It might be the different types of other foods you're eating or how well your digestive function is at that moment in time. So there's a lot of other factors at play that need to be considered as well. Um, but it's just worth knowing if you are experiencing any of those symptoms and you're at the moment not able to find out what is causing those, then it might be worth exploring whether you have any food sensitivities. And just to always reinforce the fact that a food sensitivity will change. When I first did a food sensitivity test 10 years ago, I had 20 plus food sensitivities. I have just done one recently and shared it in the autoimmunity community because I am sharing my results each month when I do the different tests, um, all the tests that I did when I first started out in my health journey. And you'll see now I've only got a couple. And I think really when you're getting down to just a few food sensitivities, it may just be that those foods in particular are always going to trigger inflammation or always going to trigger a response. And it might be that just for a select number of foods, um, I just may need to have those out of my diet for the long term or just know that when I do have them, just have them very infrequently and know that it may trigger a bit of inflammation when I do eat them. So what causes a food sensitivity? I mentioned that you can potentially have a genetic susceptibility. There are lots of different reasons why you might develop a food sensitivity. You are likely not born with these food sensitivities. They can occur because of other factors that are going on in the body. For example, when you have gut dysbiosis, which is when you have a buildup of either unhelpful bacteria or an imbalance of bacteria in the gut, that can compromise kind of the gut immunity. You might have a low amount of the beneficial bacteria and you may have an increase in certain pathogens or parasites and a reduced digestive function. And as a result of that, you may find that you have more food sensitivities. And one particular condition that is linked to a food sensitivity is leaky gut syndrome. So when you have increased intestinal permeability, and that's when you have these larger gaps in the digestive system wall. And because you have larger gaps in the digestive system wall, you're letting in more food particles. And as a result of that, you are more likely to have more food sensitivities. So going back to 10 years ago, when I first did this test, I certainly had increased intestinal permeability. Whether you believe in the condition of leaky gut syndrome or not, there was definitely imbalances and issues going on in my gut at the time. And as a result, I had a lot of food sensitivities. And by working on my gut and working on my health generally and my immune system, I've managed to get those down. Now, the other thing that can cause food sensitivities is when we are eating foods that have been altered in some way. For example, when pesticides have been used in certain foods or genetically modified foods. And the reason for that is that it doesn't look exactly like the food that it should look like anymore. Certain parts of it have changed. And as a result, when you digest it and it 
goes into the bloodstream potentially because you've got leaky gut syndrome the immune system cannot identify what it is and when your immune system can't identify what something is it sees it as foreign and creates a cascade of an inflammatory response which can then cause chronic inflammation and it can lead and develop into things like autoimmune disease. Uh, The other thing that can cause a food sensitivity is chemical exposures so I mentioned pesticides but any additives that are put into food as well what can happen is because there's an additive that your immune system is fired up against it can then fire up against that food in totality as well and then as I mentioned having that smoothie every day having that yogurt smoothie it was huge I would have one every single day And overexposure to certain foods can certainly lead to food sensitivities. I used to love my carbohydrates. I would eat pasta probably twice a day. I loved bread and I grew up eating all those foods. That's really what I ate. I was quite a big eater when I was younger and I ate a lot of pasta and bread. I loved it. And I really see that that probably developed into a wheat Uh, sensitivity when I was older which is why I don't eat any gluten or wheat now because my body just responds to it straight away but it's probably due to the excess of what I used to eat it was like breakfast lunch and dinner it was an abundance of wheat in every meal And then just generally poor nutrition, eating a lot of processed foods, not having a lot of nutrient-dense foods, so having nutrient deficiencies, this can lead to food sensitivities as well because they cause a dysfunction in the immune system, a dysfunction in the digestive system as well, and that can lead to things like food sensitivities. So that's really what causes them. So it's just worth always remembering that these things are not forever, and it doesn't mean that you were born with and you and genetically you have this sensitivity things can change as I said sometimes there might be one or two foods that you're just best to eliminate your body's just not willing to tolerate it but generally once you fix the factors that are underpinning the food sensitivity you can see improvements in your sensitivities and find that you have more tolerance to certain foods Let's talk about testing because there is often quite a lot of debate around food sensitivity testing and I've read plenty of articles from doctors and nutritionists about them not seeing any value in these tests and I would say scientifically yes I've looked at all the evidence and it is lacking there haven't been a lot of studies around food sensitivity testing normally the focus is more on allergy given the severity of an allergy versus a sensitivity but What I would say is I have run a lot of these tests with my clients and every time my client has taken that food out of the diet, they have seen improvements. And I probably get more positive feedback from a client doing a food sensitivity test than any other test, which shows me that anecdotally this is working. That is why I will often recommend them. I I quite like to to work on somebody's gut health and potentially do a stool test before doing food sensitivity test because you can find by 
healing the gut by restoring the digestive function that their food sensitivities will come down and then they're just dealing with less rather than as I said at the beginning of my journey when I had lots of food sensitivities it's quite hard to deal with that um, because I don't recommend eliminating you know 20 plus foods I think you need to work on the digestive function first and then if there's a few foods that are really triggering you then it might be worth eliminating them and seeing how you feel and that is what I would say around testing just to emphasize that the gold standard of food sensitivity testing is to eliminate the food to journal about your symptoms and to see if there's any improvements after eliminating it and then reintroducing it once two months later or even three months later and see if you have any symptoms once you reintroduce the food so that is the gold standard and it might be worth you doing that. There's a lot of trial and error in that. And if you're not willing to do something like the autoimmune paleo protocol, where you do have to eliminate a lot of different foods and it can be very restrictive, obviously not great if you've had any eating disorders in the past or your relationship with food isn't that great to begin with. And so I don't often recommend eliminating all those foods, which is why I think a food sensitivity is the best approach because it's gonna tell you straight away what, auto antibodies you have to those foods and you can see by maybe removing one of those foods whether you feel any better so you can still use the elimination but you don't have to eliminate everything and then it might be that you rather than doing the testing you just decide to eliminate the most inflammatory foods that that are found in things like autoimmune disease. For example, dairy and gluten can be very inflammatory for somebody with a chronic health issue when the digestive function isn't working optimally. And it might be that just eliminating those foods, you see results and then your total food sensitivities come down as a result of eliminating those foods. But for me, I really like information. I like data. So I really like seeing what my body is responding to and then working on that rather than just doing a trial and error approach which as I said I did for 25 years and I didn't see results it was when I started doing the testing that I really saw results because I was generally pretty healthy and people have known me when I was in my early 20s and I was doing wheatgrass shots and yeah I was always very health focused but I just wasn't taking a personalised approach to my health and I wasn't working on the root cause of my issues. I was just really doing everything that I could think to do that was categorised as healthy rather than doing what was right specifically for me. With the food sensitivity tests, I mean, they're not used in conventional medicine. As I said, the data is still evolving and the research is still evolving around the relevance of food sensitivity tests because they are testing for antibodies to foods in the bloodstream, but it's what does that actually mean? And there is a concept with autoimmune disease where if you have a food sensitivity to a certain food, that can trigger autoimmune disease in the body. And going through that whole process is probably worth another call because I do run a panel in my clinic through the Cyrex laboratory and they do a much more sophisticated food sensitivity test. And they also give you information about the different foods and what they may be cross-reacting with in the body. But I will leave that for another podcast to talk about those types of tests rather than 
just specifically the IgG antibody test for certain foods, which is a it's a very straightforward test to administer and it's one that I do run in my clinic, which you'll find over on my website if you're interested in doing it, theautoimmunedenutritionist.com. So why would you test? Well, I've, I've kind of mentioned it throughout the podcast, but for me, it was just taking out that trial and error and guesswork. I didn't want to eliminate a lot of food from my diet, not 10 years ago. I wanted, you know, I was working in a corporate job, I was working long hours, I needed convenience and I wasn't prioritising food as much as I should have been and I just wanted a simple solution and I wanted something easy. So I found by doing food sensitivity test, really having that data was quite motivating but I could see like certain themes and certain foods and I could see that maybe there was food sensitivities to foods that I was consuming a lot of and that really motivated me to have more variety in my diet but it also gave me an indication that I had leaky gut syndrome because with that amount of food sensitivities you know that something is going on in the gut and that's when I then went to do a stool test after doing the food sensitivity test so it really gave me some great insight it was like okay so I've got all these food sensitivities where do I go from here and the next step was to do a stool test before doing another food sensitivity test once I'd got everything in balance in my gut so it is quite nice to do to give you that insight of okay so I've got a lot of food sensitivities what do I need to do next but it also what I do find with my clients is that when they determine their food sensitivities and they're healing their gut what can happen is by taking out those foods that are causing a bit of disruption and damage and inflammation at that moment in time when you do take them out of the diet for a short period for say one to three months and they're healing their gut their recovery is accelerated because they're doing both things at once. So you can use it in combination with doing gut healing and gut restoring by taking out those food sensitivities as well as improving your digestive function. And I often use the 5R approach with my client, which is remove, replace, re-inoculate, repair and rebalance. And I will do another podcast on that. Maybe I'll do a Friday Five on that, given that there's there's five areas. But I take that approach with my clients and this can really fit into that approach as well. In that first piece, remove. Now, there is some evidence for these tests, um, these IgG antibody tests. One piece of scientific research that really stood out to me was around migraines because I used to always get migraines when I was younger and they are really debilitating. If you've had migraines, you will know that there's really nothing that I I can do when I get one and I'm lucky that I haven't had one for quite a long time now, but I certainly had them when I was growing up and then throughout my 20s really when I was dealing with the chronic fatigue syndrome and it was just, I just thought I'm the type of person that gets a migraine, that's what I had in my head. I didn't really link it to food sensitivities but there was a very small double-blinded randomised crossover trial with 30 patients who had migraines and they found that when they did an IgG antibody test and they tested for the food antigens the people in the trial took out those foods for six weeks and they identified the food antigens and half of the 
people on the trial took the foods out of the diet for two weeks and then they swapped over and they found that when they were on the elimination diet they had a reduction in the number of days that they had headaches as well as migraine attacks so it is just a small study but if you are suffering with migraines then that might be something to explore now where do you go i have kind of talked about it throughout today's podcast episode but where do you go once you do determine that you have a food sensitivity well there are lots of things you can do for example you might find that it's just two foods so you eliminate them over a certain period of time and I would always suggest working with a health practitioner when you do this and then reintroducing the foods at a later date and potentially either retesting or really focusing in on your symptoms to see how you are doing with those particular foods so that is one action that you can take as a result of your food sensitivity test results. Uh, You can also start, if you do find that you have a lot of food sensitivities, then you can start eating a really gut healthy diet. And I would say your digestive system loves antioxidants, it loves fiber, it loves healthy fats and nutrient dense foods. So looking at reducing and eliminating certain sugars, refined carbohydrates, and just making sure there's loads of colour in your diet, and that's going to help with your gut health. So if you do find that you do a food sensitivity test and there's a lot of sensitivities, then you may think about bringing in that gut healthy diet. I mean, it's worth doing anyway, but it will give you a good, it will give you some motivation to make those changes. You also might take it one step further, as I said, do a stool test because that stool test is going to tell you how well your digestive system is functioning. Really with a food sensitivity, if you are not breaking down your food properly and absorbing it, it can cause irritation and inflammation in the gut, which could lead to a food sensitivity. So by doing that stool test, you're gonna get some really great insight into where you may need support. For example, if you're not breaking down proteins very well at that moment in time, you may find that by adding a digestive enzyme that can help with that. And then just generally bringing in some really lovely gut healing products like bone broth, the L-glutamine in bone broth is really good for for, uh, gut restoring and gut healing. And I use a lot of the time collagen powder with my clients. So there are various things that you can do to work on your digestive health once you look at food sensitivities. Because although those food sensitivities are showing you the autoantibodies or the antibodies to those foods, I'll call them antibodies to those foods in your bloodstream, the heart of it is probably in the digestive system. And once you get that back into balance, you should find that your food sensitivities come down. So I've given you quite a lot to think about today. I am focusing in on food sensitivities all month in my free Facebook group, the Autoimmunity Community. As I said, I've shared my results over there and I will be sharing information about those tests. And I also offer a food sensitivity testing package through my clinic, which you will find on my website. So if you do fancy doing a test for yourself and seeing where you're currently at, um, then please contact me. My package includes a test analysis plus a health consultation with me to go through that test and some resources afterwards to get you back on track. So I would love to hear from you. I'd love to see you over in the community as well. If not, enjoy the rest of your week and I will speak to you soon. Take care. 
Thank you very much for joining me today on the Autoimmune Reset. I really hope you enjoyed the discussion and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And if you liked it, I would hugely appreciate a review on iTunes as it helps me understand what you like about the podcast and to help share the information with more people. I'm excited to speak to you next time. And remember, you have the power to take the reins on your health. So keep the faith and celebrate the small wins. Until next time.